Hey, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Jason and Roni from Words at Burn. Welcome to the show, lads. Thanks, Richie. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, delighted to have you back, Jason. I haven't met you before, Roni, so uh, welcome to the show, man, and thanks for taking the time to come on. Glad to be here, yeah. Looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. Exciting times ahead for you, I hope. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why you're on the show tonight. We'll see how it goes whether or not you're going to leave out any state secrets or not. It has happened before. I can't uh, promise that my interrogation techniques are up to scratch. It's been uh, a <laughs> yeah. week or two, like, but we'll see how it goes anyway. We'll, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so first of all, congratulations on Fire It Will. Absolutely, I think, the standout track so far of the three you've released, that's my opinion. Wonderfully, wonderfully produced sounding single, which is no surprise considering the quality you have released in the past as well. So you have a, a certain standard that you have lived up to and excelled at now at this stage. So well done, lads. Uh, thanks, thanks very much. Um, it it was uh, we were when we when we picked it as a single, we were kind of saying this might separate the crowd a little bit, you know, because oh, really? it was a little bit okay. it was a little bit different to what we we're doing before because with. With Dena Lines and with You're On Your Own, um, it may have been a little bit more of a words of burn sound that people were kind of familiar with a little bit. Mm -hmm. Whereas with uh, Dena Lines, we kind of, or sorry, with uh, Fire Will, we just went off on a slightly different tangent, particularly um, vocally, where it was a little bit more kind of talky or rappy or whatever whatever you want to call it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is is different from what, different to anything we've ever done before but um the, the one rule was we just had to have a, the the big course yeah you know so like yeah. uh, once it gets to there we'll <laughs> yeah. and what about the programming of it maybe even the dancey elements in it electronic elements who works on them more so than shane had all the music kind of done before i started doing any vocals okay on it and uh, the reason why it kind of came out the way it did because is because it kind of sounded like a fit over the, the kind of the, the verses were a little bit more kind of trippy or a little more yeah. dancey, as you said. And um, when we started doing the, the the vocal demos, it just kind of it kind of felt natural to do kind of rappy, like yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't like saying rap because it's not rap, but it's not singing either. <laughs> like so, yeah, uh, it just kind of felt like it flowed with the with the music. That's interesting that you were prepared to change your style a bit. It was the music was dictating the way you were trying to figure it out vocally, we'll say. Yeah. If you don't try these things, like you kind of kick yourself afterwards that you didn't try them. Absolutely. You know, when they're recorded and they're produced and they're mastered, you you kind of go, ah, Beck, why didn't I do that? You know? But I mean, you were self-producing anyway, weren't you? No, it was, was, um, we we, we recorded all at home. Well, in the home, it'd been in Shane's studio. Yeah. But um, it was it was Josh Schroeder who, who produced it. Okay, okay. So um, for that track alone, Ronnie, for will when he got that, did he come back to you with suggestions in relation to maybe how it should change, or was he just overall happy and he just had to do a few tweaks? Um, for this particular track, there was a few tweaks. Yeah. Okay. Well, like it didn't dramatically change the structure of the song. Um, in fact. I think he kind of just added a few more things to the the, the music, to but more kind of um, more ambient kind of things, you know, uh, yeah. or, brought, or brought out stuff that was maybe buried in the demo mix or in the okay. recording mix. Yeah. And so when we heard we heard all the songs without the vocals on them before we heard them with the vocals on them, yeah. uh, just to make sure everybody was happy. And like I remember listening to it on my system downstairs, and I was like. I don't remember that being there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, so I think the thing with uh, with Josh is like he was always very pushing on like if we're going to go for something, go for it. Like you know, these parts of the songs might have been a little bit different to what we're used to, but if we're going to do it, do it. You know. So yeah, you need someone like that because I mean, as I said, you probably were sick. Uh, to death of them at that stage, the songs, especially if you were doing a lot of it yourselves and, you know, a fresh pair of ears and someone that you'd respect, you'd appreciate his input in relation to whatever suggestions he gives. Yeah, there was nothing really that he came back with that we didn't say, oh, we don't we don't like it, you know. The, okay. the, the, um, but, but, but that's because, like, it was, it fitted what, what we had already done. Pretty much all, pretty much all the time. Um, 
So like it, it wasn't like we we're having a back and forth. Like, you know, see that bit? I don't I don't like that bit. And then he would say, okay. Well, I do like that bit. You know, yeah. it, everything that was kind of added or even taken away in cases, it was actually um it, it just fitted the song. But you're right, it's the fresh ears kind of thing because you're so like we recorded the this whole album over the course of I'd say a year. Yeah. So you hear this demo over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So you just you're just so used to it. Yeah. And then when you when you have somebody else kind of like pitching in or suggesting things, you're kind of like, why didn't we see that? You know, or you know that that's what you know what you're paying a, a top producer to do is to do this exact thing. Yeah, exactly. And of course, then when you all agree on the changes, like what was it like then? Which gig was it that that song was played live for the first time? Can you remember? Uh, Cork, so the air was it really Cork class? Okay, we had um, we had we had maybe rehearsed it a few times. Like I think the last time I saw Richie, we were like we had recorded the songs, but we hadn't played them all together. Besides, like Dana Lyons, mm. we had done "You're on Your Own" by then, you know, so we we're yeah. ready for the single. But when it came to this one, it was literally like Fired Will came in just in time for the Cork gigs. So we we're like the songs coming out, the Cork gigs on. It's kind of the perfect time to yeah right out and it is like it's it's a bit of a different song uh single wise for us but as well live wise there's a definitely a different feel to it so we are sonically is it um, more heavier um it's a lot slower than our other songs so (laughs) one thing i noticed when i got on stage is like a lot of our songs are kind of surprisingly fast when you're playing them but um fire will was taken back quite a few bpms of what we're used to but of course yeah 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 so it was, it was interesting to get the feel for that uh, live on stage. It's probably one of our slower songs, but at the same time, it still had a really heavy impact because, you know, it's big, big riffs. Oh, yeah. and all. We, th- we thought we'd save it for Cork. That was going to be a special gig regardless. And then we sold out the gig, which made it even better. Yeah, uh, shout out to Evan at Dead Cult. Oh, yeah. Um, so just another fucking amazing sold out gig on his behalf and yeah. us and the fans that were there um, was survivalist outside and chemical addiction. It was just a great day all around. Each band was having a whopper time. There was a great crowd. And then we got to try out our new single that just popped. So it was like the perfect night, you know? Yeah. And how many songs did she take down to Cork? Was it eight, seven? Can you remember? Eight for an hour. So. Oh, okay. Jesus, that was a nice length. Ten? Eleven? Yeah, ten. Wow, yeah. class lads. Um, apologies for missing it, but I had a good excuse. I was up with Belfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Listen to more music. <laughs> I do get around a fair bit. Um, yeah, so shout out to Survivalist and Chemical Addiction and Outsound as well. Had you seen any of those bands before? You definitely hadn't seen Chemical Addiction. Right? Cause, like, I, hadn't rarely seen, I hadn't seen Chemical Addiction before and I bloody loved them. Yeah. Right down my street, like the kind of the grunge, the Alice in Chains kind of vibe. Like that is just... That, I could have watched them for two hours, babe. I thought they were bloody amazing. Yeah. They were amazing. I think we, we played a gig with Outsound years before. Um, really? Was that Temple Mormon Metal Festival? I may be completely wrong on this, but it, oh, it was okay. either Outsound or Chemical Addiction. I don't know. I think a few years before we played. I think I think Chemical Addiction definitely played Temple Mormon. It could yes. be those, yeah. Yeah. One of those yeah. bands I think we, we played with. And then uh, Survivalist, I went to one of their gigs um, before, so I, I knew they were fucking great. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Gav and all the lads. Yeah, they were great bands. Uh, yeah, man. They, they bloody hammered the face to the ground. It was... They were, they were fucking loud. <laughs> so who did you come on? Did you follow Survivalist? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's a great fucking throw down there, you know? Come on. It's a great move, yeah. yeah. Not often, um, it's not often we have to get in a huddle in the little bathroom. You know, <laughs> I've got to end up playing, but that one was kind of like, right, lads, we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be okay. Brilliant. And uh, did you enjoy the gig in general? Like, were, was there weren't any nerves or anything like that? It was just more or less a kind of celebration of, of kind of the last few months of... Finally, oh, be able to get down to Cork and play some proper fucking metal. Like it was absolutely brilliant. It was so good. Like, um, like the crowd were, they were just brilliant. Like, I mean, you, you could, I don't think we could have asked for a better reaction uh, at a gig. You know, like the, the, the three bands we played before us had the place warm, like they had the crowd warmed up. Like, yeah, you know, when when survivors were playing, like I thought there was going to be plaster coming off the ceilings. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, the, and you know, you know, the crowd's like, I mean, it's. It's small. It's really hot. Yeah, there's no, no fucking hiding place there, like. There's no hiding place, you know, and uh, you know you can see you can nearly see the perspiration on the floor, like. <laughs> 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 you know, 
but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, um, Jesus, like Cork is my favorite place to play. I have to say that, and just like, every time we played there, it was great. And what a, what a way to come back! Like I thought, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, what a great way to come back. I'm going to play for it, Will, because we've been talking about it so much. I absolutely love the intro and the way it takes off from there. But let's hear it anyway. <laughs> for lyrics man because poor old Jason couldn't <laughs> had no answers to me the last time man <laughs> and he was very noble about it to be fair so I must stay in love with this pain as torture goes I know this is the way I want this so all my mistakes and all of my sins are forgiven personal lyrics are they just open for the general population to read into them I think it's a little bit more I think it's a, just a little bit more commentary than anything else okay commentary um, yeah. it's kind of like you know and it's it, like 
I kind of came up with the idea of what, you know, kind of flicking through comment sections on Facebook. Really? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, you see people just kind of attacking each other and, yeah. you know, kind of very, um, they're nearly kind of submitted into kind of backtracking on something they may have said. Right. Okay. You know, and, um, which isn't really cool because everybody's entitled to their opinion. And just because, you know, your opinion doesn't necessarily go in line with somebody else's, like, and, you know, they kind of just attack you over it or, mm-hmm. you know, make you feel like a piece of shit over it or something like that. Like, I mean, when you've probably said nothing that's necessarily wrong, whatever that means, but like something that, you know, you're maybe you're being honest about it. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I just like kind of saw that as, you know, kind of a really kind of fucked up way to kind of treat people, you know? Yeah. And that would that be in relation to the title as well? How did you come across that title for it? Will, is that kind of a verbal assault, is it? Or uh, Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. Like, I mean, it, it, it's that, that's exactly what it is. It's, um, you know, kind of if you kind of suck it up so much, you're just like, fuck it, you know, go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's enough examples of, of it out there, man, with bullying online, etc. You know, there's no real escape in relation to for, for teenagers now that if they are subject to online bullying, especially on social media, there's no real escape for them as such because they constantly have their phone in their hands anyway, man. And whereas it was completely different for when I was growing up, you know, in the playground, you know, you you might get into an argument, but you can certainly leave it behind and walk away from it. And you might deal with it the next day or if it's the weekend, you have to wait till the Monday for it to fucking be resolved. Nowadays, it's... Yeah, exactly. Like your home is your kind of safe place, you know. Mm. And uh, like I was bullied at school and like I used to go home and like you're kind of, you're in your kind of castle and like you could leave the outside world yeah. behind you. Yeah. You know, just for, as you said, like I mean, until Monday where like either it had to be addressed or you had to go back and then just get it again, you know, yeah. like, but, um, you know, you, you don't have that now because, you know, as you said, like it's, you're connected to this thing all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. when it's, um, it, it can have a very, very detrimental effect on people's mental health and, mm. you know, it's, it, it's horrible. Like, I mean, people shouldn't be treating each other like that, particularly on something that's supposed to be, you know, bringing people together. Or, it's like, you know, people, people's lives are online nowadays and it's just like, there's just always that um, feeling out there, you know, it's, it's it's not the natural thing, you know, if people were sitting face to face having this conversation, people probably wouldn't be as, you know, malice as they are in the online world and like, that's what I think a lot of people miss is, you know, genuine people are on the other side of these things, you know, if you sat down and chat with them, you'd probably have a lot in common sort of thing, you know? Yeah, you're not allowed to even get that far in relation to these verbal assaults, man. So yeah, that's pretty cool, uh, Ronnie, in relation to that, those lyrics. The video, had you fun making the video with Angle, the fifth member? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what a boy. It's, what a boy. Uh, he's, um, oh, he's just, he's just clued in, you know, he's, he's really, really good at what he does and you know, it's it's fun watching him kind of going from behind the camera to tapping <laughs> on the guitar, getting in front, of, and he's he's brilliant in front of the camera as well. He's so animated, yeah. you know. Like I mean, he because I guess it's in his nature, or he's just been doing this for so long. Like I mean, he can direct people to do these things, you know. So he has it just in his head. But uh, he's uh, he's deadly. Like I mean, if we're fucking around or messing whatever, he just kind of you know, kind of checks us back into place. <laughs> <laughs> so did you come across him originally? Was it for the Riptide video or was it before that? I know the Dublin scene is is small okay. enough, but because like, you know, if you're good at your, doing what you're doing, especially with him in video, he'll, he'll rise to the top eventually. So was it just through Riptide genome or was it before that? So we, um, I can't remember how we came across him for Riptide. Um, but we'd obviously stayed good friends since that because it went very well. And mm. that video was amazing for us. That song is, you know, it's, that song's done the best for us as well. So we've always obviously did something right back then. Um, and we've just did, we said general friends for years, you know, okay. like uh, he does a lot of stuff with um, the likes of Horns. So we're obviously seeing them two putting up work together, like, you know, with the Metal Massive stuff. And, yeah. um, and obviously he does amazing work. So, we all watch everybody on the scene who's doing good work, you know, because yeah. you're like, who's doing the best work, who's good to work with, you know, and yeah. who meets the kind of wavelength that we're putting out, I suppose, when it comes to the creative stuff. So, um, and then it was kind of like, um, it was Bloodstock that kind of 
bonded the, the friendship even more, you know. He okay, because he was there, that's right. Yeah, with Oren. Was it in the, in the overdrive capacity? or? Yeah, yeah, so he was doing interviews and all that sort of stuff for, for Oren. Um, yeah. And uh, so we obviously we were over as a team with Oren at the weekend and uh, we got to catch some shows in between doing, you know, press or um, promo or whatever. And um, myself and himself had stood beside each other for Devin Townsend. Oh, class. That's when we realized, like, oh, we're good bros, you know, like, this is, we're, you know, this is going to be a good French premiere on because we were just, like, having a great moment watching that and talking about music and getting away because obviously COVID had happened. We're yeah. back to be in a field full of people listening to Devin Townsend, you know, with good friends that do good work that got there on the, you know, on their own hard work. So yeah. it's a prime for everybody. And then when we came home, like, we, we toyed up around with the idea for a long time with, second guitars because it's it's a big sound we're trying to achieve mm-hmm. there there's a lot of layers we put into the productions and yeah. with our live show we're always conscious of we wanted the sound like the productions we wanted to be well like as close as but a really good live version of what the production is so um that is difficult as a four piece like yeah so and like shane's got a lot to do for one yeah. guitar in that kind of band so it was interesting, like when, when we asked him, we didn't really even think about him as a guitar player. We just got on with him as a, you know, a person, on, yeah. as, a, as a person. So we didn't even know kind of what his skills were like. And it turns out he's fucking great guitar player. So. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, huh? Jesus Christ. Like, no. <laughs> so like uh, along with his, his creative knowledge. And then when he stepped inside and with the band, he learned his songs fast. He could keep up with the two guys on guitar, which I don't know how anybody would do. Um, but he did it. And like it all happened with ease. And that's the thing with us. We, we want to do the best we can with the people around us that are good yeah. at working. And yeah. he was one of those. It was just a perfect puzzle piece. And then, um, you know, so then we've been getting them up and going and with gigs and stuff. And he's been killing it, you know. He mm. does a lot of help for us with the social media ends of things, like the big video productions and yeah. the stuff. Like he is a good, great brain for to pick when you want ideas or if you want to, there's something I can't do or we can't do, you know, no doubt he can fucking do yeah. it. So yeah. Fantastic addition all around then. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and he can sing as well. So I'm, 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 I'm mad to get him behind the mic. Fuck's sake. Like, I mean, talking about, I I, like there's, there's a lot of coincidences happen with, with bands um, that I've interviewed that you just would be scratching your head going, how is that, possible and the fact that he is such a great guitarist and suited your dynamic and crucially the band chemistry wasn't upset with him that was enjoying. a huge that was a huge thing like um i don't i don't particularly care if if somebody's like you know super talented like i mean you can you can you can learn to get you can learn songs you can get better you know but if you don't connect with somebody like you know aside from all that yeah and it's just it's just not going to work. But we were lucky enough that uh, he just kind of like slipped in one of the lads, you know, which yeah. is uh, mass- massively important. Yeah, it is massively important. Now you've got a big gig coming up. You're playing the Academy with yeah. As I Lay Dying. What are the rehearsals like for that? Are you able to get together and do a rehearsal once a, a week or is it? Uh, yeah, generally once a week. Um, okay. We were obviously with the court gig. Um, that was a very big set. We we wanted to enjoy that big time, so we did a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. So we've been spending since then, kind of like we're refining what ones we want to bring to. Yeah, to this. that's the that's the beauty of this gig coming yeah. up, isn't it? This is yeah. this this is a big point of the year, you know. Like we've been we've had some great gigs this year. It's not been a lot of them, but they've been great quality gigs. And this was always the one that was at the end of the tunnel, you know. It's, yeah. So like we've been we're having the last few shows on our back, like. With Cork, you know, Shanae, and then we had one the end of last year up in Dublin. Um, we really think we're in a good spot to, to go into this gig, you know. Did you have two or three gigs lined up in England? Did they fall through from what I can remember? Yeah, it was just a logistic thing, really. Um, it was just, you know, something, some plans slipped away, and in betweens of COVID restrictions of what you can and can't do, it just became okay. possible. Yeah, because I do remember seeing the advertising that there was, was a three gigs or something like that over in England or something like that. Yeah, oh, we'll get back. We'll get back at some point. Like, you know, that um, just kind of uh, suits us more. Mm. Yeah, like the UK is obviously the big one for, it should be the big one for a lot of Irish bands' radar. You know, there's 
big community of metalheads and bands and gigging circuits to get in there. And like, we seen that with Bloodstock and the last time I was talking to you, like yes. that was our first of it. Like, um, we played shows in Scotland before and they were amazing. Then we went on and did, you know, Blood, uh, Bloodstock. Um, and it was just like, why aren't we over here more? And, mm. You know, we definitely will be back there as much as we can. There, there was a massive thirst for it over in the UK with Irish bands. God alone now, um, yeah. they're playing Arc Tangent. Which is fantastic with, with yeah, another band, yeah. Bike Yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gondolin's been killing it over there, you know, and yeah. they've the right. Um, I mean, signed to Prosthetic Records as well is fantastic news, isn't it? That's unreal. Yeah, yeah. That's um, I was chuffed. Really, I was really chuffed when I seen that. Yeah, because they, they put in the graft. Like, you mean they're they're, you can they're see it. Yeah. Here's the the crux, really, in relation to the as I laid dying gig. Like, he will definitely be trying to win over new fans. There would be people there that have heard of it as well, obviously. But is it like seven songs, six songs? Like, how long have you got? Did you even get that? I'd say we'll probably tap out at six songs. Okay. You know, so we're, we're kind of putting the set list together that is, you know, probably our kind of the, the selection of our heaviest songs, like, you know, kind of tailored for that particular gig, you know? Right, right. Um, Interesting. Whereas uh, when we played it in the same venue with Beartooth, like, I mean, we could, we, we had a little bit more of a kind of like a, not, a, not necessarily a mishmash. Like, I mean, we still gave it socks, but, you know, we could put in songs that had maybe a slightly slower pace, like yeah. uh, White Smoke or something that was a little bit more pull back. Yeah. Whereas with this one, we're, um, we're just kind of cherry picking all the, the big ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, looking at the footage a lot of the, the Beartooth gig and just kind of learning and seeing how the crowd reacts to that. And like, especially and with the core gig, since we played such a long set, we kind of got to see like the mixture of what songs are, are good live and go into this one, you know, it's an interesting mix of songs that we're going with, but it's uh, uh, compared to going to the Beartooth gig where we're just, you know, playing the best of what we had. Now we have that great selection of different songs for different vibes. Of yeah. The set. And of course you have a second guitarist now, which certainly will make it a lot more interesting as well for as a stage presence. There might be a little bit less pressure on your own, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Angle flicking the hair, you know? <laughs> I, just, I just stand behind him. Like, do you do me or just stand in the back? You know? <laughs> The main reason we got into the band was for the fucking windmills he can do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is uh, it is very interesting to watch. Like, and he left plenty of room for it as well in the academy, man. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. You won't get kicked on the end, like, you know, by the end of it. We forgot as well that he played The Siege. What was that like going back? Jesus, oh, that was really? last, last year, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Or was it? It was, a, yeah. it was a, the Halloween one last year, wasn't it? Yeah. We yeah. had the... Um, I can't remember the name of the stage, but the second stage downstairs. Oh, the Casbah, is it? Yeah, Something I don't like... think they had the one upstairs open, so it was just That's the main correct. You're, you're spot yeah. on, yeah. yeah. So and, uh, um, that, was, that was great. That was really good. That was our first gig with Angel as well, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Or was the Dublin one? I can't remember. He played there, yeah. There's photographic evidence. Yeah. Their memories might be shit, lads, but there is photographic is evidence. It might more... have been Shane Oren, maybe, that took the mix. Shout out to Shane. <laughs> exactly what it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so that gig was great for us because, like, obviously we had, that was our first gig back in Ireland after Bloodstock. Um, it was so actually had, spot on. The, the headline slot for it, which was really nice. So we were playing, like, Den Alliance, and we were just testing out you're on your own. So we were playing that to the Irish crowd for the first time. Seeing what yeah. it'd be like, and it became the second single. That's um, right, actually. Yeah, DJ Limerick's always great. Like you, um, it's it's the point everybody looks forward to in the year. You know, especially mm. when you get that email and it's just like they ask you to play. You you just know you're going to have the best time because it's you like get to the see the fucking Willy Wonka golden ticket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the golden ticket for Irish metal. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> but you see, like you've got your crowd there. You know, when you play. Yeah, you know, like because everyone's there because they like heavy music. So, um, it was brilliant. Like, I mean, I, I can't remember what band was playing on in the main stage, and we we're kind of like, but I remember going, "Fuck, like they're yeah. on, my, we're on," kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I was dead. We were a great crowd for it. Brilliant. And it's brilliant for not only the fans but also for the likes of E as well, because you can get so much networking done. Yes, it's such an important part of of the siege as well that just doesn't seem to be get the acknowledgement but 
the amount of networking members of bands do between each other, like it's, it's great. Like and friendships as well are formed because of it. What I love about it is um, like John and uh, and them do, do such a good job. It, it, it almost feels like Irish metalhead, you know, Nam that they have in America where you get like all the best of the best come in yeah. and you get to see whose companies are doing what. It's like, it's like that. Like I, I remember I walked in and um, who was playing Red Sun Alert for playing on the stage. Uh, when I got there and like I hadn't seen them in a couple of years and they progressed so much when I seen them I was just like how kick-ass it is to see like bands progressing over the years you know yeah people creep up on the lineup and um, even mm. ourselves like we played Siege um, I have all the posters together I don't know it's like five times I think we played it wow um, years and it's just like seeing us creep slowly up from the bottom yeah uh, then getting like the headline on the second stage was a really nice moment you know and yeah um, so it's just like yeah, getting to see all the bands, see who's doing really well, because you're kind of like, oh, I'm gonna have you for a gig, you for a gig, um, yes. and then like you know, it's it's the big day out for everybody, the battle heads, the bands. Yeah, it is definitely, and you know, seeing a band that goes from maybe upstairs or downstairs in the Casbah to getting onto the main stage. And then hearing the big sound suddenly, it's fucking yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You know, it really is. <laughs> Absolutely. I went to Cro-Mags and Worn Out um, there a few weeks back now and seen Worn Out on the main stage and the sound they got was just fucking, yeah, the lads deserve that, you know. so Yeah, it, ma- it makes such a big difference. Like, you know, particularly when a band are really, really good at what to do. Yeah. You know, like when you, when you put them on a stage that has a sound system deserving of that, like, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it, it just brings it brings it more to life. You it know? does, it does, yeah. And you and you're like you're rooting for them. You know, you're you really are. Like you're just going, yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ, oh, this is so cool to see him on the main stage, in, in the warehouse. You know, from seeing him so many times elsewhere. We all love the siege for so many reasons, but you know, seeing one of your favorite bands graduate to the, the main stage is is just lovely. You know, hey, you feel proud, yeah, 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 yeah. We were on about it there in the forums. I don't know, were you listening, Jason or Roni, to it in relation to how expensive it is now to see bands, especially in Dublin, for example, now going up to see As I Lay Dying and yourselves. A lot of us now, unfortunately, will be just going up and coming back the same night. It's a pain in the hole because it's so expensive, and yeah. also traveling for bands the likes of yourselves now heading down to Cork. Um, petrol costs and stuff like what do you think yourselves at 2V maybe I'll throw it to you first Jason in relation to next year how's the landscape going to change if it keeps going the way it's going with, which, with fuel costs and the fact that bands don't have maybe the option to stay overnight if they wanted to yeah it's it's a crazy one to look at because like you mentioned the, the core gig I don't want to say that numbers because it's very bloody sad to look at when you think of the petrol prices and we obviously had to stay because there's no going back to Monaghan or Loud at bloody one in the morning yeah um, and like you know we're not afraid to do it cheap you know we'll we'll go in and stay in a hostel and stuff like that and we'll take a packed lunch if needs be but you don't escape the fuel prices and that alone would probably probably put most bands out of margins or like people that are yeah. out of margins um, we obviously all can't jump in a bus, you know, and bring the equipment down if we're headlining. And yeah. um, I see it being, you know, like the dreaded word COVID, but uh, how it's been since that. There's a lot of bands dropped off because they kind of seen what it was like to stay at home, do their jobs, do all this. And now we're at a point where it's just like, it's going to be nearly too expensive to leave your home when people probably need to do it the most. Like bands need to get back out there and stuff. But it's yeah. definitely going to be a big wall to get over. Um, Obviously, I hope something changes that it, it makes it better for us all. Like, I'd rather stay positive. We're not going to stop trying doing it, whatever mm-hmm. happens. If we have to bloody walk down, I'll walk it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a hard time for bands. It's never easy for bands, but it's the most innovative, I don't know, culture that I know is music bands and especially bands in this country because it's never been easy no matter what you do. Yes. Like, you especially for heavy metal anyway, yeah. Yeah, you can't gig every weekend. You, you know, we have to fly to get to any other countries. It's expensive, but it's just like we'll figure a way. You know, and the bands like we've mentioned before that are going out and kicking ass, like God Lone or Dead Label and stuff. It's just we're probably going to have to pick and choose a bit more with gigs. But I don't see bands stopping or slowing down if they really want to keep going. You know, like mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, we'll find a, a ways and means to do it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think the main thing is to like it's just about kind of um, you know organizing everything properly and what and in advance. You know, you you can save for these things. You know, you can have your your merch prepared. You can have your uh, you know your uh, Airbnbs done or your hostels, or whatever. Like you know, so it's not like you you're kind of going to plan a, a tour of the UK like you know today and go next week. Yeah, you know, you're going to do it two months away. Mm-hmm. You know, so like as long as you kind of have these things planned, like I mean, yeah, it's going to be expensive, like no, but it's very, very doable. You know, I just and then just hope people uh, come to the gigs and buy your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but um, you know, if you if you have a good team there and you have good booking agent and things like that, like, I mean, it definitely maximizes your potential when you're over there. Yeah, we'll say look at Bloodstock for example. That was last year. Yeah, last August. How? Mad did it get for expenses for you as a band? I don't think it was too bad, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, we we ferried um, over and we drove to Bloodstock, and I'd say the most expensive thing was the hotel, and it wasn't really that massively expensive, you know, for because we we booked it well on. Like, we knew kind of we were playing okay. months in advance, right? You know, and um, I th- I probably more spent more money on beer when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Festival, man. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's throwaway money. You know, that's yeah, of course, that doesn't come into. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the great thing about Bloodstock was they're they're so accommodating. Like, if I couldn't bring anything, they could organize for me okay. to have like the you could rent cymbals from them. You could, you know, they they would hand you a pair of drumsticks. You know, like they would get you going and like so. All we had to do was bring a carload of stuff, so I could bring. You know, most of the kit was there. All I had to bring was cymbal, snare, you know, pedals, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's very easy to do, and a carload of people going over and the ferry and like um, fuel prices weren't so expensive then either. So that was a, yeah. A, well, that was probably a massive uh, decider in relation to keeping the cost down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like what Ronan said, just we budget smart. Like thankfully we have like uh, Jer, especially the guy has the most amazing brain for planning things. <laughs> if we have something coming up. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this gig here and here. He's just like, he thinks of all the what-ifs and, you know, the organization and um, the budgets and stuff like that. Like, he's he's very good at doing that sort of stuff. So I, we usually trust him to do it. He finds the best thing for us. And, okay. you know, we're not going to live a, a lavish one, but also at the same time, like, we're not mm. going to be sleeping floors. We need to have good backs. We need to be in good spirits for playing gigs, you know. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just smart planning. Like, that's like, same with N, you know, it's all, all this band stuff you do if you don't plan it it probably you're just juggling stuff in the air you never know what's really going to happen so yeah I, i'd say probably you know no offense to anyone but like it's the younger bands that will just get caught in relation to not planning enough and having way too much of a good time and you know it's, it's <laughs> I like think, um, they'll have to grow into it lads <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's not necessarily for the younger bands some people in in the non-younger bands do it but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Except that don't don't take before playing anymore. So that's a good thing. That's that's a that's a big one for me. Yeah, I think the main thing for quote unquote younger bands, you know, like or any band just starting out, is just patience. Like it takes time. The most of the stuff you're seeing big bands doing, they planned that last year. You know, like just because something's coming up now doesn't mean it needs to happen now. You know, and like that'll really take the stress out of people jumping into decisions. So if you yeah, true. Plan, way more months ahead if you can give yourself time to prepare those things like then like because we're not all you know all of us are working day jobs all of us have life and stuff to do so it's like if you're going to make time for a hobby it's kind of the same as that like give yourself a bit of a budget give yourself time to plan it out so it doesn't take away from your lifestyle and whatnot but it you know hopefully enhances it so same with young but yeah with younger bands just like the patience to wait a wee while it'll still be there england's still going to be there next year to tour if you want to go over you know it's like you can get there eventually and if you plan it, it'll be better for you know in the long run and same with everything like when it loops around to anything you do for a band like social media and stuff like i try to be thinking months ahead because i don't want to be constantly worrying about having to bloody post stuff or yeah be on top of bloody trends or anything like that i'm just thinking about what do we want to do what time do we need to do it when's the right time for it to come out and um it's it takes the stress off big time and i think it comes across a bit more professional you know yeah well done man great words of voice there there is hints of the artwork being brought out with the singles. So maybe you could tell us a small bit about 
that I think it was was it February that you put up this post looking for an exciting creative artist to, to collaborate with you. How did that go? And did you actually find the artist through that uh, advertisement? We we did. We found a guy called Stephen Lindsay. He um, oh Steve, yes, he Darren yeah. Parasite. He's been on the show. Yeah, lovely guy. Exactly. So um, we had uh, a lot of back and forth with him. <clears throat> Um, he had some great ideas based on a conversation, like not even a conversation, an email that I kind of sent to, sent to him with the general theme of okay. what we we're kind of going for with this uh, mm-hmm. album. And um, he came back with, you know, kind of four or five or six different ideas. And there was one in particular that we liked and that we worked on. And then, yeah, we we got the album artwork of him a couple of months back. So. Wow. Ah, I'm delighted, man. And he's an Irish artist as well. So that's great news. That yeah, when well, his portfolio, it was like, Jesus Christ, this oh. stuff is fucking good. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's really good. When we, were, when we put the big question, like the question out looking for an artist, it's like we, we were just really curious to see who would, I wouldn't like to work with us because like if somebody sends you their stuff and they want to work with you, you know, like obviously they're getting a job out of it. Mm. But it's like, who's kind of interested? And you could see that in the, emails and the the people had sent in their stuff there was people that were just like they were so wanting to be involved and so many talented people like we it was hard to choose from but that's like, great man like i love when a band would literally have the balls to throw that out and go let's see your stuff you know rather than go the other way and be actively looking across christ knows how many different platforms trying to find art whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. get a guy in and look at all the nearly said the CVs of their work and then try and work with that person then to come out with the final product uh, it's a great story yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, sorry it was a really interesting process because like you, I didn't look up any of the pages or the people's name tags like when you're going through the things you're just looking at it and seeing what kind of clicks with you on a creative level and like obviously all of us had our, our taste to come into it and um, it was funny how we all just kind of came back to, you know, Steve at Iron Parasite. It was just like, that was just it. And, you oh, know, like we, you, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I was one of the demos, uh, one of his pieces that he had sent in his portfolio that was just like, that was kind of what we were chatting about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, it's so interesting because I was aware of his work, but I don't know if we would have went and chatted to him if, if we didn't do it the way we did, you know? Yeah. Him coming to us and like the way he talked to us and stuff, it's kind of like we spoke about Angel coming into the band. It's kind of like it clicked. It was the right thing. Everybody had a good mindset and wanted to work towards this goal, you know? So it's just like, that's what you like to do. And, you know, another Irish person, an artist, you know? Yeah. Um, it was even better keeping the Irish people, you know, us going strong together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a great story. I didn't know he actually chose Steve, so I, I'm really happy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think there was like because he's got he's got a, um, quite a vast portfolio of work. You can look at it see on his website, like, and there was one particular one that we all kind of went something like that, you know, like, like yeah. that 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 kind of idea is really really good, yeah. you know. So like, um, and that wasn't like we were probing each other. We all kind of just went kind of locked in on the same. Amazing. Well, yeah. Not telling you which one it is, though. Well, that's, no, no, that, that's fine. Like, but would you say that the quality of artwork that you received, it made it worth the effort to go down that route? Why I'm saying that is maybe maybe other bands or people that are watching the show should try that. Definitely. I, yeah. I, absolutely. Because like, it, it's, it's kind of like when um, you're writing music, you know, you kind of... You, you can when somebody else is kind of like like Josh for example is looking at it he can he can see you might be too close to it yourself so when you have a, another artist or you might have your own kind of visual ideas but when mm. somebody comes in and kind of listens to the song maybe or reads the concept and they go aha I have this idea yeah you know like it, it, you kind of you, you might get something that you've never really seen or thought of before mm. so I, I think it's really important to explore that because you, you can be just maybe too close or too locked in one idea yeah one thing i think about a lot when it comes to making those decisions is like we're a band and we're musicians like i i'm no artist you know like artists and 
in certain ways and like we can see the creation we know what the songs mean and feel and whatnot but it's like someone that can actually put you know ink to paper or is has spent their life you know honing their craft like we have with the music side of things yeah. like why not put yourself out there to meet those people because like they are going to bring it on further probably than you ever could and yeah. you know we see that with there's so many talented artists and like that was the other thing too. It's like, it wasn't just uh, like, we need album artwork and we want to give somebody a job. It's like, I now have a list of about 10 or 15 amazing artists in Ireland that I'd be like, well, you know, merch ideas, poster, yeah. um, yes. you know, anything like that, you know, and like, I'm aware of all of them now and because they were professional enough, you know, to come to us in that situation, it's kind yeah. of like, yeah, yeah. they want to work, we want to work and it's like, yeah. oh, I have a list of people that I know mm. works and it's high quality and yeah. it's like, like what you know, um, you were saying with uh, the networking at Siege of Limerick, it's just like you've opened up a big book of networks. So, yeah, um, no, it is it's fantastic. I mean, like I've always championed artists on the show as well, man, because they're such a vital part of the whole heavy metal scene because yeah, they're, yeah. they're making the concept for the musicians who can't obviously do the artwork themselves, but they have the, the story to communicate to the artist, and then it's the artist then to visualize it. and and work with all of you to make something special you know and it's a great process yeah, well, it's the um it's the it's the, the wrapping on the parcel really isn't it like it I mean, is. so you know if you have something that's appealing to somebody they're going to open it hopefully you know yeah oh fuck it 100 percent, especially with heavy metal it's yeah. it's vitally important that a band has something that will catch your eye especially with selling merch vitally important and if you have a really good thing on your on the t-shirt that'll you know that'll yeah, yeah, start yeah. the conversation it'll start the conversation in in a festival it'll start the conversation in a pub on a street you'll see something coming towards you going that's a metler and that's a fucking cool piece of work yeah yeah you know? you've, already, you've already got something coming you know yeah yeah we're going to brutal assault now man and that's my wardrobe is down there and it'll be just all irish artists irish bands and i'll be going over there and i can guarantee i'll meet like 12 13 people straight away going fuck it they're cool. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Why would you go to fucking a foreign festival wearing Slayer or Metallica? That's my my idea. It's just fucking, I'm going to be wearing Irish bands and we'll be going over there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The best feeling in the world of the band, um, seeing the likes of yourself or somebody else wearing your band t-shirt away doing something that you do as your own, you know, on your own as a person. It's like, even if, you know, the bands never get tagged or I just happen to see it because we're friends, you know, on Instagram or something, it's mm. the most heartwarming feeling seeing that happen because, like, nobody needs to go wear some small Irish band over there. You could put on your Slayer one and you'd, you'd have exactly. every person Slayer action. <laughs> but, um, like, you know, there's a lot of times we get messages like um, Glenn Bollard was at a festival, I can't remember what one it was, but he mailed us and he was just like, I just seen somebody wearing a Words of Burn hat. And it's like some random dude decided when he got up that morning, I'm going to put on words of burn hat, go to this festival. And it's like, you know, that means a lot to us, you know. Yeah. It's fantastic to, to be able to do it, you know, and to fucking probably wear Irish bands, be it on your hat, your fucking T-shirt or whatever, or your back patches and stuff. Um, for anybody to go to Bloodstock, wear Irish fucking metal <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> if you're watching this show. <laughs> Anything else, lads, before we wrap it up? Uh, Jason? We um, just the main thing for us is the big end of the year like it's not the end of the year but it feels like it to us you know as LA Dines coming up it's yeah. our second time getting on August the 9th August 9th yeah August in the Academy in Dublin um, with our good friend Stream Awake they're playing first then we're on second okay uh, and as LA Dine and it's you know we're just excited to celebrate a really good year we've We've had three songs out now, you know. The, three brilliant songs. Fantastic. So we, have, you know? we have some exclusive merch for this gig, by the way. Just there. Nice. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be uh, making a purchase then. You can send down the link later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save you one, Richie, for sure. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we're going to have some special merch for that night. Oh, hopefully cool. we'll have, have pictures and stuff of that soon. I was hoping to have it for tonight, but um it's a bit more closer to the time but yeah we're going to have new interesting merch there it's going to be very limited stock so we're hoping sell them out at the gig you know come along and celebrate a, a ah, big night it. there you go man so i'm sorted for brutal assault i will have some <laughs> form of words that burn on me in brutal assault is that what you're saying to me jason <laughs> <Talk to laughs> <Joe. Yeah. laughs> 
They're cool. not going unless you get some. <laughs> <laughs> Is the ticket still left for that gig? Yes. Yes. Okay. And how do people get them? Is it through DME or where are they for sale? Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Okay. Any any of our posts that are on any of our social medias, they're in all the comments. I'd put in the tickets for our next upcoming gig. So any of the most so, recent posts, you find it there. Or if you're on Instagram or anything like cool. that, yeah. it's on our bio. And uh, we don't have a release date yet for the album. Is it going to be 2023? Or can you tell me, is it going to make it into 2022? Well... <laughs> Uh, we're, we, uh, we're going to have a couple of more singles maybe coming out and uh, we just want to release a few more songs before okay. we drop the album so um, th- th- I think that's all I actually know right now okay, so I'm not, fair I'm enough I'm not holding uh, back yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine yeah Jason was saying that that, that was your um, strategy anyway just to keep releasing singles leading into the album release so we're not sure yet if it's going to land this year or and look if, it, if it's next year it'll definitely be at the start of the year surely lads Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> the only info we can give you is there is an album, so we're not just throwing out singles at you. There will be an album. Mm-hmm. There is artwork for that album, which is done by Iron Parasite. Um, yeah. You'll see that soon, hopefully. Uh, an album name, and we can't tell you that either. But oh, that's fine. Into, you know? um, but yeah, no, like like I said to you before, we're, we're, nobody's ready for this album yet. So we're going to keep putting out singles, seeing what people think. And okay. I think the time's right, we're going to put it out. You know, there's no rush. Yeah. Um, and, it'll be worth the wait. and I'd gladly promote as much as I can on, on my side for you as well. Okay, lads? As you always do. Thank yeah. you. So you've been listening to Roni and Jason from Words of Porn. Thanks again, lads, for coming on the show. And uh, best you. luck with the upcoming gig. As I lay dying, August the 9th, Dublin Academy. Get your tickets for it. I'll see you further down the road, hopefully. Right. Thanks, Richie. Thanks, Thanks lads. Much. And crucially, you, support your local metal scene.